Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. NXT champions forced to vacate titles. Batista pulled from the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame class, and I give you my predictions for the future entrance into the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame class. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you can never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on twitter and instagram at jaden becker tv last night was impact wrestling but before we get into that let's check out our news nxc champions forced to vacate titles william regal took to twitter to announce that Oni larkin and danny burge will vacate the nxt tag team championship uh, danny burge was injured on nxt last week during a match uh, against Finn Balor and Karrion Cross, Only Larkin had to finish the match by himself before Birch was evaluated ringside. We saw a couple shots with him uh, holding his shoulder, and it was later confirmed that Birch had suffered a shoulder separation injury. It's currently unknown how the next uh, NXT Tag Team Champion will be uh, announced, or if it will be announced, if there will be a match, if something will happen going forward. It hasn't been made yet, but with NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver only two weeks away, it is possible a match for the vacant titles will be made official on NXT tomorrow night, meaning that we could see a new champion be made at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver which should be fun, uh, especially given the fact that now uh, we get to develop this tag team situation. Um, you know, MSK was supposed to be involved in for the tag team championships, but Wes Lee, with his hand being injured, uh, that couldn't ha- happen. And now with Danny Burch being injured himself, and now there's no NXT tag team champions, uh, we're definitely going to find some shaking up going on here in NXT. But best of luck to Danny Burch getting well soon. Batista pulled from the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame class. Reportedly, WWE wanted to save the animal's introduction for a future introduction ceremony where fans could be in the crowd. Batista confirmed that WWE will be inducting him into the future Hall of Fame class, whether it is in 2023, 2022, 2024, whatever. Uh, He will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but when fans are there to attend the ceremony. So the 2020 class currently looks like this. You have the Bella Twins, JBL, Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, and the NWO, including Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Sean Waltman. Uh, they're all going to be in that 2020 class, but is yet to say what class Batista will be in next. And uh, later on in the show, I'm going to be talking about the 2021 class. Right now, we have Molly Holly and Eric Bischoff, but the class isn't finalized yet. There could be more names added to that list. And I have a couple names that definitely could be added to that list. Maybe not the big ones that you're thinking about. Maybe this might not be the best year for the big names to get in, like The Rock and Kane and all these big names, or The Undertaker. Might not be the best year for them to get in, given that there's no fans. But a couple other names that could find their way into the Hall of Fame given the circumstances. We're going to get right into our show review for last night's Impact Wrestling, but first let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever. 
The Lawnmower 3.0, the third generation trimmer, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Looking at last night's Impact Wrestling, uh, starting off the night was Jazz versus Deanna Perrazzo, back and forth with Perrazzo getting the ultimate advantage. Uh, Jazz picks up the pace and gains a pinfall, but Susan Ringside puts Perrazzo's foot on the rope, thus causing the rope break. The ref didn't see it. Jordan Grace thrown into the ring post by Susan as Grace tried to attack Susan on the outside. Susan hits Jazz with her shoe, uh, with the ref distracted to help Perazzo pick up the win. Susan extremely involved in this match. I think Susan's gimmick has been great so far in Impact Wrestling. The Karen-type gimmick that we see uh, not usually from a in-ring competitor, but usually from a general manager or a manager at that. Susan has been a pretty solid manager ringside, even though she does compete in in-ring action. She's doing a fantastic job, and uh, Deanna Perazzo as well. Uh, Jazz with a solid match here, and Jordan Grace... Uh, always a dominant force in this Impact uh, Knockouts division. Uh, I would like to see Jordan Grace in the WWE at some point. Jordan Grace has even mentioned herself that she would want to be in the WWE at some point as well. So I would love to see her there. And I, the, the, Jordan Grace would be a person that WWE, I feel, would die to have. With her size, her strength, her legitimate strength with her powerlifting background, I feel like she would be a huge, huge factor in the women's division in NXT. Our next match, Ace Austin with Madman Fulton versus TJP. And this match is for the X Division Championship. Uh, Ace Austin coming into this match as the champion. Uh, TJP moves fast early on, but Ace Austin reverses a superplex to retake the momentum. Uh, back and forth throughout with solid spots moving in a fast pace, turning into uh, more of a strike fest towards the middle of the match. Uh, Fulton pulls Austin to the ropes to stop a submission hold. Uh, the ref did not see that. The ref not seeing a lot <laughs> in last night's episode of Impact Wrestling. Uh, Fulton distracts TJP while on the ropes to have Austin have enough awareness for a knees up on the Mamba Splash. TJP does connect with another Mamba Splash, however, later on in the match. But Fulton breaks up the pin, causing a GQ, allowing Austin to retain, even though he did technically lose the match. Austin and Fulton attack TJP until Josh Alexander comes in to save. Next week, we will see Josh Alexander and TJP team up to take on Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Uh, this is the most we've seen Madman Fulton get truly involved in a match. Remember last week, they had him sit down in a chair, so he didn't get involved at all and pretty much isolated to the chair itself. Now Fulton, uh, when not in that chair, got extremely involved in the match. And uh, I kind of like that from Fulton because usually you have that big man ringside and they get involved in dumb ways. And they get involved in ways that, you know, they're, oh, they're, they're strong on the outside where someone comes and steps to them on the outside. They'll knock them down with a clothesline and whatever, whatever. We've seen it a thousand times in the world of professional wrestling. You know, we've seen it with Wardlow right now. We see it with Omos right now. Uh, even though they're great talent, uh, we see them in that ringside presence a little bit differently than we do Madman Fulton here, who legitimately gets involved in the match time and time again from a very physical standpoint in the ring and uh, in, from a cerebral way as well, more than just, oh, I'm going to hit you because I don't like you. It's a little bit more than that. So good on Madman Fulton there for taking that little extra step, the more cerebral step there. Matt Cardona interview. Uh, they mentioned Cardona being 
on the forefront of promoting yourself on social media. We see that more and more nowadays, uh, trying to promote yourself on social media. Obviously, this the social media age that we're living in, and just doing things on TV isn't enough anymore. You have to have that little something extra to get you over. And not only does doing that stuff on social media get you over, but it gets others over as well, given how much attention you're bringing to the show you're on or anything of that nature. So Matt Cardona really was on the forefront of that back in the WWE. And, uh, you know, the Long Island native doing his best with the Internet champion, all, all that stuff. He, he still is the king of that game. Says he doesn't want to fight Brian Myers, but offers him a challenge anyway for them to go one-on-one. Uh, this is a pay-per-view worthy match given the history of these two. These two are legitimate best friends in real life. So, you know, they're probably going to want to have it on pay-per-view. I'd be surprised if they do put it on a regular episode of Impact. I really would, uh, given the fact that there would be no point for Cardona to be doing this if it wasn't on a pay-per-view for these two to go up against each other. In our next match, Rahit Raju versus Falaba. Uh, this match was made earlier in the night after Rahit Raju found Falaba uh, pretty much acting homeless. Uh, in the Impact backstage area, given Falaba has lost a lot of money at Swingers Palace. I can't believe I'm talking about Swingers Palace at this point. Uh, Raju dominant over Ba. Ba gets a small opening, but a roll-up by Raju with a handful of tights allowing him to pick up the win. Uh, this was kind of a nothing match for me, but I got to see Rahi Raju, which has been a good talent for Impact Wrestling, so not sad at that point. Uh, AEW has their paid ad. Uh, joined with Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone is Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Uh, it is announced that Kenny Omega will be taking on Matt Seidel for the uh, eight. Well, I don't think this is for the AEW uh, championship. It's just a one-on-one match. But if Seidel wins, then a future AEW championship match will happen between uh, Kenny Omega and Matt Seidel. But uh, there's no way Matt Seidel wins. Tomorrow night, there's just no. Well, tonight, there's there's absolutely no way. But once again, fun paid ad. Uh, I wouldn't say these these are getting old. I just feel like the the this one wasn't as creative as the other ones have been. Uh, you, some of them are really creative, some of them are not. Some of them it just depends on the week for for AEW and what they're gonna do for Impact that week. So uh, this one not as creative, but it's okay. I'll take it off the chin. Kenny Omega returns to Impact in an actual in-person in-ring segment where he physically goes to the ring and not in a backstage bus somewhere uh, behind uh, the Impact Zone. You know, he's actually in the ring. He made an entrance. He's physically there. So good for Omega to actually ship his way out there. Uh, nice shoes on Omega as well, I, I will say that. Uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega continue to put over the One Wing Angel. Uh, they show a One Wing Angel highlight tape of all the best One Wing Angels uh, Kenny Omega has hit in uh, AEW. Omega says Swan will be a footnote in history uh, after Omega wins the Impact World Championship at Rebellion against Swan. Omega uh, made a great point and a, a great quote here. Uh, Omega said this, that he made his Impact debut, and that debut was the greatest day of uh, of Impact history. And for him, it was just a regular old Tuesday. It was just a Tuesday for him. It was just a day in, in the week that he didn't really have to think much about. But for Impact, it was so, so huge. I thought that was a great quote, a really, really nice quote. Uh, but uh, coming out of this segment, my fear is that Rich Swan will be the one to kick out the one-wing angel or the one that they put over as the first one to kick out as the one-wing angel. So 
uh, is is it a bothersome moment for me? Yeah, a little bit because this one wing angel, you have a move that's very very protected, a move that's rarely ever kicked out of. If not, then never kicked out of. If you're going from the storyline perspective, and you go through that that whole narrative, and then you you build it up. You can't just build it up for one guy, Rich Swan. And I feel like they they do moments where. Vichuan reverses out of the one ring angel before the move is hit much like how we've seen it done before so he'll get out of the move it's not like a move that's been portrayed to never be get outable you know <laughs> a move that can't be reversed it's a move that can be reversed but uh it's a move that is being portrayed to never be been have kicked out before so uh if swan is the one to do it in in this sense in the kayfabe sense if swan is the one to kick out of it i feel like it will be done prematurely think thinking that kenny omega is not done here with his title belt grabbing and uh, they might as well continue to protect this move as long as they possibly can until the right moment and i don't think the right moment is rich swan right now i really don't but the more they talk about the one wing angel the more they scare me that uh, Rich Swan is going to be the one to kick out of it. In our next match, AC Romero will take on Trey Miguel. Uh, the match was made early in the night due to a uh, confrontation between the two. Uh, so the speed of Miguel versus the power of Romero in this one. Uh, the two trading pinfalls throughout, but a meteora for Miguel to pick up the win. Uh, Larry D. Ringside attacks Trey Miguel after the match, but Sammy Callahan, of all people, saves Trey Miguel, but doesn't have any conversation afterwards, uses his phone to teleport to the back, if you will, and uh, that that's how that segment ends. I thought it was a fun one, uh, especially with Trey Miguel getting a good match in with a, someone that is indifferent in stature, and AC Romero, a huge, huge, huge person to physically go against and the dynamic between the two as I mentioned the speed of Miguel and the power of Romero was a really nice dynamic there in our main event it's Carl Anderson versus Eddie Edwards uh, Edwards off to a hot start driving uh, through the ropes diving through the ropes excuse me uh, to the good brothers on the outside Brian Hefner the the referee in a fun spot makes Luke Gallows take a seat on the outside instead of kicking him out for getting involved in the match, he, he physically makes him sit down in a chair and said, don't you move from that chair. <laughs> uh, Edwards connects with a backpack stunner, but Anderson kicks out. Uh, the two go blow for blow in the middle of the match. Edwards rolls up Anderson, a kick out by Anderson. Edwards is thrown into the ropes and is hit with a chair. And that chair is by uh, the chair that uh, Luke Gallows was sitting in. And while the ref was not looking... Anderson with a spine buster to pick up the win. Uh, Finn Juice appear on the screen uh, to talk about their time in Japan. Sadly, they were in 480p, which uh, was almost unwatchable towards the back end of the show. You know, you, you couldn't have sent over a better uh, file in Japan, if you will. And if you're Impact, you couldn't have uh, asked them to resend it or even uh, bother putting up the quality if you possibly could have. Uh, I know there had to be an opportunity to do so because they didn't look that bad on... Uh, the screen inside the impact zone but when they actually put it on the television screen for us the viewer it was in a very 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 bad quality and uh, I pretty much what they said was must be easier to carry around your bags given that they're now 10 pounds lighter each uh, given that the fin juice holds the impact world championship I'm gonna give this show a C minus I didn't really do much for me uh, there was some good moments with Kenny Omega 
you know, that's probably the highlight of the show. But once again, if the highlight of your show is a person that is not under contract with you, and it's not Kenny Omega's under contract with AEW, not Impact Wrestling, if that's the highlight of your show, you have a problem. Uh, I thought the match between Ace Austin and uh, TJP was a pretty solid match and probably the best match on uh, this card, but every other match was either mediocre to uh, poor for me. But that's what I thought about this Impact Wrestling. I think they can only go up from here. We've seen Actually, maybe saying that will be a lie as well because we have seen them be some pretty, pretty, pretty bad shows, Impact, uh, in these past uh, few weeks, probably before uh, uh, No Surrender. So uh, we'll see where this moves with Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm, I just get I get annoyed because you know you don't want the highlight of your show to be the guy that is not from your show. You want it to be your guys to be the highlight of the show, and I feel like they really really uh, need some work there. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to be talking about the possible entrance into the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame class. Who I think will be in. I'm not going through these big names like we hear all the time, like The Rock and The Undertaker and Kane. And if we're going by the notion of uh, Batista not being in uh, this year because of no fans, we can assume they're not going to be in because of no fans. But I'm going to go through some possibly obscure, I wouldn't say obscure, but uh, underrated names that uh, definitely could find their way into the 2021 class. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 24th, 1991, WrestleMania 7 from the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena was held. Notice how I said sports arena there and not Coliseum. It depends on who you ask and who tells you the story, but either ticket sales or security issues were the cause of the move of the venue. Uh, 16,000 were in attendance, a little over 16,000 were in attendance. Uh, the 15 match uh, event of WrestleMania, including the dark matches, was the most for a WrestleMania ever. It would be the last WrestleMania to broadcast into a fourth hour until WrestleMania 2000. Uh, now, but previously to the two-hour Wrestle, like the the two-day WrestleManias, we used to see five-hour WrestleManias, which hurt my mind to this day. How long a WrestleMania could go? It honestly makes you want to twitch a little bit because there's no way I'm going to be. I understand it's a WrestleMania, but there's no way I could sit through five hours of pro wrestling in one one sitting. Uh, I barely make it through NXT and AEW, and those are two really good shows each week. And I know WrestleMania is WrestleMania, but come on. It, especially when you're trying to be excited for every match, it really is going to take a lot out of you. Uh, it would be, uh, as I mentioned, the, the last four hours until uh, WrestleMania 2000. Uh, the matches that were big on this card, uh, the Ultimate Warrior taking on Randy Savage in a career versus career match. Uh, after the match, uh, Randy Savage was attacked by Sherry, but Miss Elizabeth Savage's former manager makes the save and also, at the time, wife. Uh, Miss Elizabeth, the two would reunite and would get married a few months later on television, even though they were married uh, in real life uh, prior to. If you haven't had a chance to, I believe the Miss Elizabeth, it's either the, it's a Miss Elizabeth based uh, documentary or it's a Randy Savage based documentary on Dark Side of the Ring. I forget the name, exact name of it, but it's it's the story, uh, the story of, of those two. I think oh, I, I think it's just both of them in general. It's I think it's called The Match Made in Heaven, uh, Dark Side of the Ring by Vice. If you haven't had seen it yet, you definitely, definitely should. Really, really good work there from Vice, and they always do great work. I can't wait until they start bringing those back. I don't even think Vice is even control of the Dark Side of the Ring series anymore. I think it might be HBO. I have to do my research on that. Also, the main event of WrestleMania 7, Hulk Hogan uh, taking on Sergeant Slaughter to uh, win the 
WWF Championship. Hulk Hogan winning that WWF Championship there because why not? Uh, that was the WrestleMania where Hulk Hogan ripped up the Iraqi flag right in front of Donald Trump in uh, the first row there. I think that visual, look, then it was, at the time, in in that political climate, at the time, that was okay to put on television. Now, if he put that on television, the WWE wouldn't exist. So, <laughs> I, there's a big change there. And also, with Donald Trump being in that first row, uh, I, I kind of laugh now, given how much times have changed and the, the, the perception of Donald Trump has changed uh, so much in our, in our world today. But Donald Trump and professional wrestling go hand-in-hand hand pretty much, you know, with him in WrestleMania 23 and all the WrestleManias and all the, the events of pay-per-views that have taken place at Trump-owned arenas and things like that. Uh, Trump can get loves himself a bunch of pro wrestling, and if he ever wants to find himself back in the public eye, one of the first places he might go is the WWE, surprisingly enough. Talking about Hall of Famers, Donald Trump is a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, let's talk about uh, possible entrance into the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame class. I have uh, four names here that I'm going to go through. Uh, three of them are former wrestlers, and one of them is a behind-the-scenes person. And this behind-the-scenes person might be possibly the most important behind-the-scenes person in uh, WWE uh, history. And uh, right now, the current uh, class looks like Eric Bischoff and Molly Holly. Uh, they are currently going to be inducted going into uh, this year's WrestleMania. So let's go through these four names. at uh, one, Not in any order here, but the first one I'm going to mention, Michelle McCool. Former two-time WWE Divas Champion and a two-time WWE Women's Champion has come back into the conversation of one of the greatest female pro wrestlers of her era and arguably was the face of the then Divas division at the time uh, in the late 2000s, early 2010s was the face of it, Michelle McCool. Uh, she, if she wrestled today and was in her prime today, she would be undoubtedly a top star and definitely is deserving of a Hall of Fame nod. Uh, as I mentioned, came back into the conversation uh, due to The Undertaker and their relationship now being a lot more publicized. Not that it wasn't before, but given The Last Ride and everything like that, a lot of people look back now not only at The Undertaker, but also look back at Michelle McCool's run in the late 2000s saying, hey, she put up a fantastic run for... Uh, women's championship runs and well two of those being divas two of those being women's championship uh, she was definitely a dominant force in that women's division and the leader of that women's division at that time uh, along with uh, Layla and uh, Kelly Kelly if I can remember correctly back in the late uh, 2000s uh, th those were some of the biggest names and Michelle McCool uh, definitely a talent that is deserving of a Hall of Fame nod another name I would like to mention to get into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021, Mike Rotunda. Mike Rotunda, oh yeah, you might remember him as IRS, Urban R. Scheister in the, the early 90s for the WWF. Uh, he can definitely find his way into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Rotunda and Barry Windham, uh, they both joined the WWF as the U.S. Express in 1984. And during that time, uh, he was billed as Mike Rotundo rather than Rotunda. Uh, they went on to win uh, the WWF Tag Team Championships twice together, Rotunda and Barry Windham. Uh, he would then go to WCW in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, winning the NWA World Tag Team titles with Dr. Death Steve Williams. Uh, Rotunda would turn to the WWF, as I mentioned, as Erwin R. Scheister, abbreviated to IRS, won the WWF Tag Team Championship 
that three times in Money Inc. with Ted DiBiase, and then went back to WCW to join the NWO and spend some time in Japan as well. Had a fantastic, fantastic career, not to mention a father to both Bray Wyatt and Bro- Bo Dallas. Also an upstate New York native, went to Syracuse University. So he checks all the boxes for me. Uh, he's pretty much doing everything right in my book, but Mike Rotunda, Definitely deserving a Hall of Fame nod. And if any year is going to be the year for him, this is going to be the year. Uh, He's way more than deserving, given that it's all he's done for the uh, WWE, especially in the early 90s. You know, you go through that, the, it's the age of that new generation and that the, those characters that are, uh, they, they work a job. And, you know, you have the dentist gimmick. You have, the, in his case, the IRS gimmick, the Undertaker gimmick working the best, given that it's lasted uh, over 30 years, you know, you, you work a job and you take that job and you bring it to new new heights, you know, and for him to be that IRS type guy, the guy that, you know, the, the tax collector and go from city to city and complaining about how, uh, you know, New Hampshire doesn't pay sales tax and, you know, Rhode Island is the New York hub for yachts and all everyone's safe haven from taxes and all stuff like that. That would be a perfect way to get heel heat then and, you know, just doing city hopping like that and trashing the city is a perfect way to get heel heat now if we were sitting happy and we weren't in a, a COVID-19 pandemic. But either way, Mike Rotunda, another name that could be a possible entry into the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame. At number three, here is a name that wasn't a professional wrestler, but more definitely a behind-the-scenes person. But you definitely have heard his work time and time and time again. And odds are many of the entrance songs you know from when you were a kid were mostly made by this man, Jim Johnston. Yes, Jim Johnston is way more than deserving of of being in the Hall of Fame. Some of his songs deserve to be in the Hall of Fame on its own. Uh, Johnston made The Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mr. McMahon, among hundreds and hundreds of other theme songs for wrestlers uh, throughout the the 90s and the 2000s. A ton of wrestlers were able to make their uh, imprint and we're best known for their music because of Jim Johnston. Uh, also made the majority of WWE's pay-per-view and television pro- production music, including including uh, show themes, music videos, vignettes, commercials, tributes, all of it. Jim Johnston had his hands in everything when it came down to music, and music is so important in professional wrestling, we even notice today that uh, some of the songs that we listen to or the entrance themes that we listen to just don't hit as hard as we listened to when we were a kid. They're just not the same. They're just not the same. A couple of the songs that, that are great today are Nakamura's, maybe Sami Zayn's. And that's really it off the top of my head. But if you go back in the day, as I mentioned, The Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold, the iconic, iconic theme songs, and uh, Vince McMahon theme song, iconic songs, Degeneration X, I know he made. You know, these songs that are have been ingrained in not only our society of professional wrestling, but the world outside of professional wrestling in, in casual fandom as well, which is completely fine. In, in that whole world, uh, the, those theme songs and those musics are, is what people best recognize the WWE as, the people that have the fantastic music and fantastic theme songs, all starting with Jim Johnston, and he is way more than deserving a WWE Hall of Fame nod. Way more than deserving. And uh, the final one here I have is actually a current talent in the WWE, but maybe not current talent as you think. 
uh, maybe not in an in-ring sense, but in a general manager sense. Oh yeah, you heard that right. William Regal, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, technical wrestlers to ever step in a WWE ring. He made his debut in professional wrestling in 1993 for WCW, where he took the ring name Steven Regal and became a four-time world television champion. In the WWE, William Regal uh, gained the accolades of two-time Intercontinental Champion, a five-time Hardcore Champion, a four-time European Champion, and a four-time World Tag Team Champion. Also had his 2008 King of the Ring run, where he became King William Regal, which everyone also fell in love with once again, uh, with him making a resurgence of his career in the late 2000s. Currently, he is the general manager of NXT and 205 Live. Uh, Behind the scenes, he's also the WWE Director of Talent Development and Head of Global Recruiting. He is considered one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. And going through his accolades, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a WWE Hall of Famer, especially what he's doing now for the WWE. Arguably might be one of the greatest general managers in WWE history right now with what he's doing on NXT. Probably the most perfect NXT general manager that anyone could find at his, as he acts as a stern voice and he's a person of business. But at the same time, he's not putting on too much of a show, too much of a character that we've seen done time and time and time again in the WWE. He's just there to do his job as a general manager and almost shoots it straight with us. And even on Twitter, he's very active, uh, with the, you know, especially with the NXT. And even recently, the NXT tag team titles being vacated. He was the one to announce it himself on Twitter as if it is his job because it is. He is the general manager of NXT. So doing a fantastic job and... Uh, Uh, All four of these names on this list are more deserving than ever to find a nod into the WWE Hall of Fame class. Hopefully, at least two of these guys make make it on. Maybe Michelle McCool and Jim Johnston. Rotunda is definitely worthy. And maybe they're waiting for Regal uh, to finally uh, retire. Even There's no need for him to. But at the end of the day... Uh, he's not like he's in ring anymore. He's still in that general manager role. And that would even bring him up to another level if he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, William Regal. So all four of these names are more than deserving to find their way in. Looking at our next episode, we're going to be talking about the Wednesday Night Wars, AEW versus NXT. Could be coming to a close soon. A lot of rumors circulating around. You know I, you know me, I don't really like talking about rumors so much, but this is such a big rumor that NXT could be finding their way to Tuesday nights, which would be a loss in the battle, but uh, definitely a continuation in the war between the rest of the professional wrestling world and uh, WWE at this point. But uh, AEW, they're going to have Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel, uh, the pinnacle of FTR and Sean Spears taking on Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin, Tay Conti versus Nyla Rose, John Silver versus Darby Allin, for the TNT title, and that is for AEW. Should be a fun show, especially with John Silver there uh, for against Darby Allen. That definitely should be a, a very exciting match. And looking at NXT, not a lot here, but William Regal to issue consequences to Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Hopefully, also here as well what William Regal plans to do going forward with the NXT Tag Team titles, given that they are now vacated. But that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. 
and using the code FANSIDE20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.